All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Rise Up For You Business and Workplace Solutions Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Rise Up For You, Natalina, and it is such an honor to be here with you on this Wednesday. Happy St. Patty's Day, by the way, with Charles Antis. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, it's so good to be here, and ha happy St. Patrick's Day. My kids actually caught a they caught a little glimpse of a leprechaun on our critter cam last night. Took a while to set that up, but there's an actual picture of a leprechaun leaping over a feeding bowl. I love it. You're going to have to send me that picture. <laughs> I posted it on LinkedIn this morning. You can see it. Okay, I'll take a look. Thank you so much, Charles, for joining us. I've, I've actually really been looking forward to this conversation. Why don't you just tell our audience, for those that aren't familiar with you, who you are and the great work that you're doing currently? Well, I'm the founder and CEO here at Ansys Roofing and Waterproofing, and we are a roofing company that exists to keep families safe and dry, and we've been doing so for 31 years, and we specifically exist in that HOA market. So if you live in a condo and you vote on your roofing as a whole, we do it, and, and we do a lot of it between Malibu down to San Diego, and that's what I do for work, but even though we do this and we do a great job, the reason we do a great job is because I'm a people developer before anything. Although I started as a roofer somewhere along the way, I realized that we need to develop people. We need to invest in our people. And so I am the chief people developer here at Ancestry, although I call myself CEO. And that is a very important role. And the way I do that is investing time in people, in the company and in the community. Yeah, you're speaking my language for sure, because uh, we, we resonate highly with that. You know, one of the things that really fascinates me about you, which is why I wanted to interview you is, I mean, not only are you running an, an incredible company, you're doing great work, you're an executive CEO of that, but every time that I've seen you, so all of my touch points that I've had with you, in more in a passive way, was all through philanthropic work. So I remember the first time I saw you and your team and we were with a one OC you know, during the corporate cup. And then a couple months later, I saw that you were hosting and sponsoring this uh, philanthropic event. And then a couple months later, you know, your logo's over here and you're supporting this nonprofit organization. And that for me was really, really critical to see because again, not only are you leading and running this company, but you're also making time for some really, really important initiatives that have to do with the community and helping people. So I would love to just jump into a couple things that I've noticed that I think are really important to talk about specifically as leaders. And I like to call them the ABCs of leadership that I really just created for you. I was thinking, oh. you know, what is Charles doing that's so great? And they just happen to be A, B, and C. <laughs> so the first one is just attitude. So every time I see you, every time, you know, you're on LinkedIn, and every time I see you in the community, your energy, your emotional intelligence, the way that you're showing up is, is really contagious. It's kind, it's positive. So I'd love to just hear you talk a little bit about attitude as a leader and how that can really rub off on people. Um, yes, I, I think attitude and how you show up matters really so much that I have to plug my friend Bebop Calandro's book that just came out. And, and she quoted me in this book. And at first I, I, did, I didn't want to own the quote because I didn't, maybe I didn't think it sounded manly enough. No, no that's exactly what it is. I don't, I'm going to read it without clear thought of what it is. 
but it didn't sound manly enough by that old way that I wanted to manage to prove myself as a man in the roofing industry. But you know what it says? She even drew a picture of me and she uh -huh. this that I said this. It takes guts to be vulnerable at work, though it actually makes everything easier. And it kind of makes me emotional because maybe I did say that because it's so true. I mean, how do you show up and be real vulnerable at work when you got to tell everybody what to do? You know, yeah. maybe along the way you can learn that if you build your your company on good values that you don't have to tell everybody what to do and then your job can be so much better and I, I say this often and this is part of my good attitude part of my mindset is i feel like the luckiest ceo in orange county i mean i have the, I have the best ceo gig I, I know a few others that have great ceo gigs too like my friend wing lamb at wahoo's fish tacos i think my gig's better than his you know because i love i love the team that i have around me they they're built to fit for me because I, I'm trying to build it to fit to them and people aren't the same. We're not like little, we can't just be shoved into those square and round holes. There's, there's too many sizes. We couldn't make so many sizes if we wanna really mine and find how great we are. And I am an investor and in finding out how great we are. And that includes myself. I am an investor and in finding out how great I can be. You know, and by that, I don't want to I don't want to have my name on the side of a building. I'm not saying I'd mind it if that building stood for something important. But how great I can be is just that thing that our fathers and our parents put in us, hopefully. But those yeah. that are up to put into you and that is just wanting to move the dial and make things better. And in doing that, you have to have good attitude. And so my very most important thing in preparing for everything that I do, no matter how important the talk is, I don't allow myself to worry about it unless I get my day right. And getting my day right means getting up early. It means meditating. It means having really good thoughts of oneness and community. And it means, if it means making breakfast for my kids because they're hungry and I have a chance with them, even though I need to be preparing for this talk, I can tell you this, no matter what my task is, if I do what the next task in front of me is, staying mindful and alive in the moment because I awakened myself correct in the day, now my attitude can be great for everything. And that talk that I'm gonna give is gonna be so much better than that talk that I prepared for, that speech to my company, that explanation to the client on why they should choose Antis over another company because every nail matters. You know, it's it all shows up how I start my day. And so that is the most important thing. But I must say, it's not necessarily easy. I put so much into it to find this balance. It's easy once I make time for it. But if I don't make time for it, then then I'm going to go into that grind again. And once I lose my attitude, I'm going to lose the B and the C. I forgot yeah. what the B is. Yeah. That's great. That's really important. So there's two things that, that you said that I think, you know, are little golden nuggets that people can pull from. The first is that you really set your day up for success, right? So as you mentioned, you wake up and you know that that is going to permeate throughout the rest of the day, right? So really, again, setting your, yourself up for success. And then the second is just showing up as your best because A, you owe it to yourself and you know that it's going to be a trickle effect for everything else, but you make time for it, right? That's what I heard you say is that you got to make the time for it. Otherwise it doesn't happen. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I live in this world by, wow, what is this thing? If my intention is pure, if I have a con running, if I act like I'm going to do something that I'm not going to do, it doesn't work. But if I intend to do it and I and I get my attitude right, then it's like 
everything plays out and I don't have to work as hard. I don't have to schedule the tasks so long as I schedule the time to get my attitude correct. If I schedule the time to get my attitude and get myself right, then my intent plays out. Uh, and, and But I used to manage everything myself and I worked a lot more hours and got less done. A hundred percent. True that. <laughs> Very true. I love that. One of the other things that I that I see a lot that I, I'm a big fan of, and you know, a lot of our executive clients, we we encourage them to do the same thing, and that's branding. So I, I see that you're, and this might not be intentional for you, but it's very intentional in what I see that, I mean, you're out there, you're establishing a positive brand, a human brand, because you know that at the end of the day, people aren't buying your product, like they're buying you, your values, how you show up. And so I see that you do take the time to hop on podcasts and to talk and spread your message. You do take the time, you know, to be out there and to build your brand again in a more humanistic way. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. I, well, I, I, it, the way that I build our brand, and it is very natural for me today because we've been doing it a long time, but it's cause marketing. So when we're talking about it, we consider it marketing, but yeah. we marketing for marketing's sake. We don't just say, hey, it's Antis. You know, we just celebrated. <laughs> a you know, and, and we didn't say, you know, it's 30 years, choose Antis. We, had, we, had, we actually said it in as, as many words. We said 30 years keeping families safe and dry. I mean, there is a story right there. And with you don't have a lot of experience with brand. You may not understand what that does. Yeah. But it literally lands the whole message in a brand, in a logo. And, 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 but it's, but, but we can't, it's not brand alone. It, it ties into the story that is us. And that is we're very, very, very active in protecting families in the community. And so with us, it does line up under cause. It does line up um, select under a select, a lot of it lines up under a select bucket under cause. I think it's called actuality in terms of corporate social responsibility, where, actu where I'm actually doing stuff that makes sense in the cognitive and, and subconscious brains of the, of the public. So we donate the roofs for Habitat for Humanity yeah. because they, we, we keep families safe and dry. They believe, like I do as a board member, that every family deserves a decent place to live. I mean, it just lines up. So it helps build trust. And when people think of Antis, those that trust Habitat, and almost everybody trusts Habitat, it is the most popular nonprofit brand by many measures uh, in the US. Then they have this, this reptilian brand, allegiance, alliance with us that says to them without words, they're safe to travel with. If yeah. we planes 10,000 years ago, they are safe to travel with because they, like us, believe that everybody deserves, deserves a decent place to live. Oh, my family will be safe traveling with Charles and his team. Now, that's not conscious, but that's what their instincts scream at them. Or when they see that I'm on the board of Ronald McDonald House, just by wearing these socks, they know they're <laughs> they know what they are. And then they know, oh, he's safe to travel with because he, like me, believes it is unimaginable to ignore sick children. That's the thought that comes. Now, it doesn't come in so many words. It comes like that. It comes like sex sells on TV. It comes like an animal. When, you're, when your spouse sees an animal, I don't know why it's easy to say your spouse because, you know, but when you see an animal on TV, when my wife sees an animal on TV, she has to turn the channel lest 
it looks like it's uncared for. You know, so it's interesting how everything that we do when we talk about ourselves also talks about a cause. And it's not hard to do if you are vulnerable as a leader, if you get your real story out. The reason almost everybody knows I wear those socks is because Charlie and Gracie, my six-year-old twins, were born premature. And I was in chalk NICU. And that's where Ronald McDonald House kept me close one day by giving me a granola bar so I could settle my tummy to do naked skin on skin for my son so he could heal. And so that's what, that's what oh, I, I get Ronald McDonald House. They kept me close. And there's people that have a lot more serious conditions that, in their family than I had with my children and mine. And now I have a real story that gives back. And by the way, we provide all of the roofs services for Ronald McDonald House. And because I've also been on the National Roofing Board, 200 roofing companies across the United States now provide all of the roofing services on all of the Ronald McDonald Houses across the country. And I'm very proud of writing that prospectus. I didn't, yeah. I can't credit for it happening. Bill Good, the former CEO of the National Roofing Country Association sold that, but it, it sold because there was a story. It was real, it's my story. You know, I don't, it, there's no right or wrong. I can't mess up telling it. And if I cry, now they really believe me because it's my real story. So yeah. that's the hard part for a lot of leaders to get that that vulnerability actually creates inside, outside, inside your company and outside your company, real relationships with trust because now they know you're safe to row with. They know you're safe to be with. You know, I think you're right. Like as I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm kind of reflecting just like, my, again, my image of seeing, you know, Antis Roofing and seeing the great work that you're doing. You're right. Like subconsciously, there was a part of me that was like, they're associated to really honorable causes for me, right? That like resonate with me. And there's a constant like good ethic and honorability and work and positivity and a corporate social responsibility that we're going to dive into next that just kept resonating with me that, that you were a part of. And so you're right. It, it kind of connects it creates this connection when people have similar values right what you put out to the universe you essentially attract back those same type of people right or that tribe that also believes in kind of what's being put out there absolutely yeah so i'd love to go into the c the abc which is the corporate social responsibility which you've really been touching upon you know i do hear a lot of executives say well we don't really have time for that can we cut a check and, and not that that's bad, but what I really like, again, from what I'm seeing with your team and your company is that you're hands on, right? It's not just about, you're like, you're like knee deep, right? In some of these organizations and giving back to some of these causes that need your support. How important is that? And if anyone's listening right now that is an executive that's been thinking about it, like what's that little push that you're gonna say, go out there and make this happen? Well, it's, it's great that you asked that. Um, it, it absolutely is so critical to, to do this and do it now and to have it ring with authenticity. It's absolutely critical that you tell your real story. In fact, right now, I just uh, finished today our second class in, in another project that I've been working on that will have great impact for the last year. And that's with United Way. We just finished our second class of the new corporate social responsibility uh, for a CEO. And that didn't really exist where CEOs could go and quietly 
bake on how to be socially responsible and whether or they not they have a bad quarter that they can talk about how that they can explain their gives. And, and you mentioned something that's so important. It has to be real. It has to be the CEO. I'm not, this class was not built for the director of corporate social responsibility who can't go into the board meeting to have any pull on where 1% of the money spent. It has to be on the ownership of the company, the CEO, the one who can sit there and decide where it's spent. And that's, that's where it matters. You can't, as you started with, put it out on a department to get this. It has to resonate through the CEO. The CEO has to be personally involved in the world we're moving into today, in the world we're already in that our social consciousness is catching up to today. Your real stories matter more than ever. And I've said and judged it. I've judged a lot of panels on corporate social responsibility, national and local. And, and I can tell you that when the CEO writes something, when the, you know they're doing, they're sending a hundred million dollars a year somewhere, but the CEO, when they, when their quote on it is, well, I just think it's great that we're able to do so much for the community from coast to coast. It's just been amazing what we've been able to do for so many people. And I'm just so proud to be associated with this company. And we, he wasted my time and everybody's time by not telling any of the things that happened. And the reason he didn't, he was afraid to, because he knew he was so far removed from the story. And I'm angry only because they're blowing a huge opportunity. Nobody, everybody in the company knows he's not involved. You can't fake it. You, you, you are, you aren't. And in Orange County, I know the CEOs who are involved and they know me. We know each other and we know that we, we have nothing. We can't attract and retain real talent unless it's part of our story. And that means I, I go out on the Habitat Builds and I go deliver boxes of food for Second Harvest Food Bank, even though I didn't want to because I was uncomfortable a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. But when I delivered that box of food, for Second Harvest Food Bank. And when I walked up that steps in that condo to that elderly woman who like 23% of the rest of our population was hungry and didn't have enough food. When I walked in that and she asked me to lay it down and she started saying this, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, over and over again. At first I was uncomfortable and I wanted to leave. And then suddenly I turned and I just felt alive. Like, wow, what just happened to me? This woman. And she has a nightgown that she probably has wore for the last 10 years. And I didn't initially want to see her. And I was so excited that she was giving me this greeting. And then she went around the corner. She went around the corner and I thought she was going to bring me back a gift. Knowing she didn't have much. I didn't, I just, I was just wondering how I was going to say no. But instead she walked around the corner again with a completely flat, empty tube of toothpaste. Asked if I could somehow get more toothpaste. And so in that moment, and I lived. I'll tell that story forever. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget how good I felt for the first time since COVID hit. And I'll never forget the, the hole that I felt I still need to help fill when she had that flat squeezed tube of toothpaste. And so the, every CEO can have that story. And that wasn't a story I told right away. I didn't, I didn't know. Stories are amazing. That's another thing. When you're a CEO, you got to learn how you tell your stories. A component of the class that we have at United Way is teaches CEOs how to tell their story using the storytelling techniques of Jay Golden, who is my storytelling coach. Yeah, I love it. I, I Everything that you're saying, I think is so valuable, Charles. Thank you so much for your time today. I definitely 
a little bit towards the end, I want to ask some power questions, but towards the end, I'd love for you to share um, more about any CEOs that are watching where they can get that storytelling class. But I'd love to jump into the power section and ask you, they're just like rapid questions. If you can leave the world with one final message, we call it the golden nugget. What would your quick golden nugget be? Your life is perfect exactly how it's been. In this moment, let's all be better together because we can. And what's one value for you that's an absolute non-negotiable? Wow, that's, it should be easy, but I just, my head go to one place. I mean, I uh, one value is, you know, is, is this maybe as simple as, you know, is, is just doing the right thing. I, I would, I would make it better too. I think the best thing I can, I can do for myself is to lift everything I touch every day. And so I don't know how to turn that into a value right now. I like that. Lift everything you touch every day. <laughs> That's great. Um, I have one more question for you, but before I, I ask it, I'd love for the audience, again, for those that aren't familiar, how do we learn more about you? What are some ways that we can support you or anything that you want to share before we head out? Well, you can support us by encouraging those that buy roofing for HOAs to spend the amount of money that gets it done right because every nail matters. And so we're not low bid, but we provide the best long-term value. And you see why when you look at our care, you come into our under the hood. But, but for us, if you do that, we can do more good. You know, as you, we provide all the habitat roofs locally we have for 11 years, over 85 families, over a million dollars in roofing. This is what we do because I believe the reinvestment isn't in some building, some goal of fort of gold to give my kids. It's, it's investing in community right now. If you want to help us do that, follow, follow us on all of our social media, media channels. We're on five or six. Personally, I'm very active like you, Nada, on LinkedIn. And, and please follow me. If you resonate with anything that we talk about, follow me and, and both of us because we, as a chorus, we can truly make the world a better place. And right now, it matters. It matters more than it ever has in our lifetimes, in our parents' lifetimes. Right now, it's a time to talk. It's a time to figure it out. And it's a time to be wrong even, but be loud and be heard. And if you are, you can move the dial. And if you are, you'll also be trusted. By the way, you don't have to be right. You have to be trying, moving toward right. It's all about intent. Show up. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And last final question. As you know, we are Rise Up For You. What comes to mind for you when you initially hear that phrase, Rise Up For You? Oh, I'll tell you what. The same today is when I first heard it. Like, I'm going to like this person who conceived of that because... I didn't see myself once like I see myself today. I used to look in the mirror and see something lower and some people saw something higher in me and they would say something and I thought, well, maybe, and I would move toward it. And so, you know, rise up. I mean, lift everybody up. What if every word you said was inclusive language that could work toward everyone in the community and build bridges always and always think good on everybody. So that's what I think. I think wow, let's lift everybody that we can reach and let's see them higher than they see themselves so they can. And now together, let's use our magical powers to make the world a better place. Yeah.
Perfectly said. <laughs> Charles, thank you so much. This has been such an incredible, incredible conversation. For those of you that have been listening, thank you so much for joining us. It, it's really been a pleasure, Charles. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I will see you next week. As you know, sometimes I'm by myself and sometimes I have a phenomenal guest like Charles, always here to support the workplace and really just your growth. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you.